Imagine if you could travel back in time. Where would you go? What would you see? The big question is, are you ready to go on an adventure of a lifetime? How do we explore around the world and back in time? Find out about this quest anyone can take, even if you don't believe you can. That's the question. And in this podcast, you'll get the answer. For a unique perspective on travel, set a course for uncharted territory. Your host and navigator, Tara, and welcome to Mind Time Travel. Hey, it's Tara again. Welcome to another episode of Mind Time Travels. This is episode three, and how are you doing today? So before I go on and share some of my clients' Um, exciting adventures from the past. I just want to kind of lay this foundation um, about uh, what it is that we're even doing. And today I kind of want to, I want to talk about how the past like intertwines with the present. And it's amazing when it becomes revealed and known. It's like a lot of people have had that aha moment. And Um, so I'm going to share a few of those today, but I'm also going to share a lot of mine because from my perspective, I can, you know, vocalize and explain more in detail about what it is that, um, how it intertwines. I've got a lot of great, um, stories from other clients, which I'll be, I'm just going to really briefly go over that today, but, um, it's just really interesting how instances uh, also that happen in nowadays, like things that happen, right? They're reminders of something that has happened in the past. Okay. And we're not even going to today, I'm not even going to talk about like those consistent patterns or habits or those cycles that keep on repeating those. Um, even you can see it in generational patterns, right? Well, we also have it in our timeline patterns as well. And so those cycles that keep repeating that are ever so interesting to uncover. (laughs) Um, And also just, I'm not gonna touch on it too much. We're gonna go a lot, when we hear client stories and all that, we'll hear a lot more how, how people are drawn to different cultures. And, but I just wanna point out that not just because you're drawn to something, doesn't always mean that it was in your timeline. It could also, you could also be drawn to it just to help facilitate something that you need to accomplish. Something, um, well, I'm not really gonna, okay, I won't even get into that, but there's different reasons why you're drawn to things. Yes, sometimes it is from your past and your timeline, but not always. So let me give you an example of that. of something happening in, um, something that happened in my life when I was in third grade. So I've shared before that my parents were full hippies, right? And we were living in Solvang, California, which is Danish capital of America. We, um, my family's from Sweden. And so we have, um, so we were living there and full hippies, right? Like my mom was a weaver. My father was a a singer and an artist, and he built these amazing creations, but um, basically we had no money, right? We were, um, 
And I was the oldest of, at that time, um, well, the fifth child was being born. So I was the oldest of four, getting ready to be the oldest of five children. And um, my mom, okay, so this was many years ago. I'm going to say like 40 years ago and 40 some um, years ago. And my mom wanted to have a midwife. She had had she had been in birthing centers with her other two, and she wanted her uh, fifth child to be in a bir- in um, at home with a midwife. Okay, so we used to go to Santa Barbara and visit her, and she was you know completely out there. <laughs> she was so funny. I, I can still remember her. And okay, so I don't want to get off track too much, but. I'm in third grade, I wake up in the morning and I'm a little prepared, okay? I've been through, you know, there's um, some preparation stuff like this cloth that you lay over the bed and there's some, you know, some gels and hand sanitizers and whatnot, you know, that's given in this little pack. So my mom wakes wakes me up really early in the morning and she's like, Tara, I think think the baby's coming, you know, you gotta come in here. And so I'm with my mom and and she's like, okay, I got to call the midwife. So she calls the midwife on the dial phone and the midwife says, okay, get in a nice warm bath and drink some wine. And my mom doesn't, she didn't really usually drink wine. Okay. So she thought that was odd, but whatever. So she followed and she's like, okay, um, yeah, the, I think the baby's coming. This is her fifth. So, you know, she, she knows what she's doing and she's ready. You know, she's like this, it's happening. So we're trying to call the midwife and the midwife is not answering. Well, my father had this really bad temper and you like, you did not want to mess with my dad when he was in one of his, you know, rages and my father, so it escalated. I mean, it didn't just go from like here to there, but like, you know, this was over about a half an hour's worth of time. And, um, he's, He's like, where's the midwife? And, you know, and he's yelling and my mom's like on the bed having contractions and I'm holding her hand and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, rub her, you know, her arms and trying to make her comfortable and whatnot. And so my father calls the hospital, the local hospital in Solvang and says, hey, you know, someone's got to get over here. My wife's giving birth and she can't get in the car. She can't, she can't drive. And um, they're like, okay, we'll get back to you. They call him back like 15 minutes later. They're like, um, the doctor's on the golf course. And so we're going to try to, you know, get in touch with him, but that's what it is right now. And, and my dad's just, oh, I just remember that was so much. I was thinking like, you know, Hey mom, can I shut the door? You know, just so you can, you know, my mom and I were kind of in the zone and I'm, I'm really helping her. I'm really like, you know, part of it. And my mom just looks at me and she goes, get down there. The baby's coming. I'm like, what? Like, no. Right. So, and I had been in the birth center one other time. So I had already seen the process of the the birth once. And so I just got down there, you know, and I'm like, okay, I see the the head coming and I'm, oh my gosh, you know, mom's like, get ready. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And, and I delivered my baby brother. And it was such a beautiful experience. And I just felt, I felt so confident, like, yeah, you know, we got this mom, like totally, you know, I'm ready. And, you know, held the baby and uh, my little brother, he was so little and cute and 
blue and cord was wrapped around his neck and you know and no problem you know we just kind of put our finger under there and together we just got you know got the cord off and he was healthy and crying and and it was all good okay so you might be asking me why why am I telling you this why am I going into detail about this well so one of my first uh time travels that I did was I got to go back Okay, so I was in the mid Midwest and I was in this beautiful blue with the hat and I don't want to go into too much detail, but um, I was in a brothel and I, my first thought was, oh my gosh, I'm a brothel girl. What the heck? But I didn't really feel that way, right? But I was, but it just made sense. I was like, okay, no, no, no. What's my, you know, what am I doing? And I was, I was a midwife. Okay. And so I was in the Midwest, not, I don't, not really California. I, I don't know, somewhere East. I'm kind of thinking like, Reno area, but maybe not even, maybe more north like um, Wyoming or just, I'm not sure exactly where it was, but so I was a midwife and I really enjoyed my job and I really enjoyed, I knew, I knew that I really enjoyed being there with the women at the brothel and um, taking care of them as well as, you know, the other moms. I think it was a, you know, fairly small town, but that was my role. And so my point in telling you this is that, and man, I've uncovered a lot more, which I'll say in a cup in a second, but I just want to wrap up that that's just one drawn out example of how something from the, from the present now is pulled from the past, almost like, Hey, don't forget that, you know, you have this whole other timeline that you've experienced and here's a little reminder for you here's a little like so you can feel that you were that you've done this before or you know I don't know like they call it a veil right so um maybe you know helping helping to dissolve that veil just a little bit more I'm not quite sure exactly but that's how I I describe it so uh some of the other things that I just want to go over. I'm going to be really quick now because I know that was a really long and drawn out story, but um, very fascinating. Okay. Um, so midwife, when I was younger, I was also very attracted to pharmaceutical bottles, old bottles. I was a doctor in um, around the 30s, 1930s. And um, I actually ended up working in a pharmacy in um, after I graduated from high school, I was a pharmacy tech in the hospital and absolutely loved it. Although I didn't care for medicine so much. I didn't care for the philosophy, but that drew me into, um, you know, researching herbs and alternative healings and all of that where, and then I ended up getting my bachelor's in natural health. But, um, my beginning was, you know, pharmacy and being drawn to those. Oh man, if I could even explain, I just wanted to collect old bottles, medicine bottles. I loved, oh, and the scales, microscopes, old microscopes. I just, okay. So, um, that, oh, the color, even blue, right? So when I was, when I saw myself as the midwife, when I time traveled, she was wearing this beautiful, like light blue, and then another one when I was in Austria and I was wearing this very blue suit, this powder blue suit. It was very, very cute. Um, and 
today I'm super attracted to blue. If you come to my house, all my walls are painted different color blues and I'm very, very much a fan of turquoise, which is blue, but just any, you know, I just love blue. I always have. Another thing is, is I don't care for the desert. Maybe it has to do with that I was a midwife in the Wild West and um, it didn't end well for me. I go into, um, I have a video on my thing that explains that in detail, but um, but there's something about dry and desert I just don't like. I have got a friend who loves it. She bought a house there. She goes there all the time with her family and um, loves it there. Me, no, I don't care for the desert at all. I mean, it's beautiful, I can appreciate it, sure, but I love the jungle. I love humidity, I love bugs, I love rich soil. I just love that wet feeling, that humid feeling. Well, one of my, probably one of my favorites is being down in the Amazon as a, um, a son of a preacher, what's it called, um, a missionary. We were a missionary family, and when I time traveled, it was in the jungle, and I studied plants. I was a, um, what would you call it, a plant scientist. I didn't wasn't trained in any schools or anything. I was out in the jungle, north North Brazil, uh, and and just love. I would um, uh, catalog and draw all the trees and plants and barks and everything that I just, I love the jungle. And that was one of my favorites. That was one of my favorite um, time travels that I did because that really revealed a lot of really beautiful things. And I've always been, always have been attracted to the like South America, Central America, Mexico, the jungles of Mexico, you know, that region, that culture. Uh, we recently actually um, settled in El Salvador, believe it or not. So we have a little, little tiny, tiny piece of property with a little teeny tiny house on it. And I couldn't be more happier being down there in the jungle. I can't wait to go back. But um, just that Spanish culture, not, not Spain, not over there, but actually like deep in the jungles, that kind of Spanish. So um, another thing that I'm attracted to is battles. I have seen on my timelines where I was a huge patriot and I really fought for what I believed was right. Who knows what, you know, what was actually going on, but I believed that it was right. And um, it's crazy. I actually try, I did work, um, work. I joined the army for a very brief time. My schooling, there was some stuff that ended up happening. I didn't end up going and actually enlisting, but I did work in Balboa Hospital and um, trained with the army reserves for a semester while I was going to UCSD. So that is just another kind of tie to back there. And I also, I love jujitsu. I trained jujitsu. Um, I'm always, I naturally I'm just kind of strong from my genetics and I've always been like kind of um you know high pain tolerance <laughs> I'm always ready to ready to go of course I'm getting older now I can barely even get out of bed but <laughs> I've always had that like all right let's go let's you know fight 
um, in a peaceful way. And um, anyway, so <laughs> that's just some, that's briefly just some of mine. And um, some other people, I'm just going to call these people by their first initial because, you know, we do keep some um, anonymity going on. So a girl named C, she has never played tennis in this, um, here in this timeline, but just re like not too far back in her timeline, she uh, was an avid, avid tennis player. And when she found that out, we were talking about it later in the follow-up. She was like, I've always wanted to play tennis. Like, I'm going to get a racket tomorrow. And I'm going to start playing because I really, like, I'm really drawn to that. And, you know, so I thought that was really kind of cute. And also, she's very beautiful and she's always wanted to be a model. Well, she was also a model in this past, kind of a high um, celebrity. Actually, that one is very fascinating. I, um, hopefully I'll be able to share that one. That one, whew, that one's a little in depth. And, um, I think there's more to that story. There's someone else who I think was probably involved and, um, looking forward to making some connections there with that. But anyway, um, R was a lady who she, in her lives, she was very spiritual. She's very spiritual in this life. Like, um, just very, uh, very spiritual. Okay, so in her, she was in, she went back and time traveled to India and she saw every, you know, she had a very in-depth, very detailed, but the beautiful thing was when she was dying, she sat in cross-legged position and she just sat there and that's where she died. Like she knew as like, you know, she was like 80 something and she knew this was her time and she was ready to go and she sat there and it was just a very beautiful spiritual process. She was also a, um, went to the Philippines and was, um, worked in the rice paddies, but was also like, I'm not sure, like a preacher. I don't know what, how that would translate, but a spiritual, um, leader in the community and much so as she is today. There was also a girl, okay, okay, <laughs> so Jay, she she's a beautiful musician, and she loves doing art, okay? Well, she went back very recently, just the um, prior to now, she went back, and she was a student, right? So she time-traveled to Santa Cruz. She was a student that studied art, and she could, she was telling me about her art and she was in a band. Okay. Now, if anybody listening was in Santa Cruz in the seventies or eighties, okay. And remembers a band called NAM, N-A-M, as in Vietnam. Okay. You, you gotta let me know because we couldn't find it online, but she was very, she could, you know, she knew she was in this band. Um, anyway, and that story just got even more interesting but um, another tie, like nowadays tying into, and remember that this doesn't always, like if you're a jewelry maker now, it does not mean that you have that in your timeline. Okay, there's, you have to kind of pull that out and see and take everything, you know, like I said, like, like a detective, like what is, you know, you got to factor in different things and so just because you do something now, it doesn't mean you've done it 
in the past. I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. Um, w was a guy that loves um, sumo, not sumi. Um, oh my goodness, the uh, warriors from Japan, the um, samurais. Loved it. I think he said he even collected. I don't know. He he loved like pan Japanese. He didn't really know a lot about it, but he really drawn. Oh, he had a beautiful, just really beautiful experience over in Japan and talked about a war that he had to fight. And he actually died in that war in, um, oh, who were they fighting? Um, uh, darn it. I'm not remembering that. Like the Dutch maybe. Anyway, he, he didn't know who it was that then that who they were in war with, but we were able to look it up afterwards around the time frame that he was saying, and um, I think it was the Dutch that they said that um, online, it said the Dutch came over and went to that island. And he was, it was funny because he's actually from a desert area. He has no idea about trees, okay? He has like the slight, no clue about plants or, you know, growing anything. And he's like, oh, there's these beautiful pink trees. They've got these beautiful pink flowers on them. And and I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, he's probably talking about cherry trees, but I don't want to put it into his head, right? So I just left it at that and just kind of had, had him explain it a little bit more. And he's like, it smells so, like, the smell is amazing. And, you know, and then afterwards when we were doing our follow-up, I showed him a picture of the cherry trees. He goes, whoa, those are the trees I saw in my, I'm like, yeah. So um, anyway, uh Samurai. Okay, so that's another how you're you can be attracted to different cultures, and usually most time, really there is a connection there um, from the past. His brother, wow, his brother was one of the most fast. Really, was one of the most fascinating. But in um, he was a boat builder in as a Viking, and nowadays he loves math. And when he was he didn't work in the field of math, but he was actually like pondering whether to go back to school to get his math teacher degree. And he loved math back then too. And he remembered like making the measurements for the boats. And then in another one, he was a, um, a surgeon. And so that's, I mean, so not only just being attracted to cultures, but also to, um, what would you call it? Not talents, but knowledge um, sectors, <laughs> knowledge sectors. Um, so in his case, it would be math, right? And so um, Elle was a lady who she actually, she propagates plants and has this beautiful nursery. Well, oh, her, she was a scientist who traveled down in her time travels. She went down into the Amazon rainforest and made this they were trying to figure out how to collect water and so they were from kind of what i gathered she was explaining it i have it recorded too I, i'll find it um they were pulling uh, making condensation from the leaves and then collecting the water that came off the leaves and you know what now that i never thought about this but now that i'm saying this i think the mineral um msn or mss no mms I can't think of what it's called, but it's a white, um, it tastes horrible. I think they collect that off the dew plants, 
Okay, that's interesting. I wonder if she had something to do with that. Um, I don't know, but her, what she was saying was she was trying to collect the water off of these, and they had like these big um, uh, buckets of water, and she was she was traveling um, from the States to do that. Anyway, um, okay, and then M was a lady who... She, um, in this life, worked with the Shumash Indians. She wasn't Shumash herself, but she was really, like, drawn to that culture, and she was a massage therapist. And she went back to her life as a Shumash Indian. Her job as a little girl was to um, dry the seaweed. And so she would go swim out in the ocean and collect seaweed and... Um, dry it out and make things with the seaweed. The seaweed was a really, really big part of her life. And that one, um, gosh, that was also really interesting. There's so many interesting ones, right? So that one was really interesting in that her father was actually the chief and something significant happened. And I bet I could probably find this out in the Shumash history. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, talking about this, some now I'm like, I'm getting new ideas here. <laughs> but, oh, also, why I wanted to mention her was that she also, um, and I'm just showing how now I want to kind of take it a different way in that not always something that happened tragic that you see in your time travels reflects today, right? So in that light, in the um, timeline of the Shumash, she actually drowned herself. She was escaping, and that's the only way she thought she thought she could escape. And um, so you might think like, oh, she might hate water, she might have a fear of water, or you know whatever. But in um, nowadays, she's she's actually passed on. She was such a lovely woman, but um, she was a surfer, and so she was not afraid of the water. She didn't have any objections to the water. Um, and that reminds me too of when I. Uh, went back to Austria around there um, I had a horse that I absolutely loved it was a white horse and we went to battle and the horse died first and the guilt that I had about oh, I loved this horse and the guilt that I had with that horse like I just I really loved that horse and I I go into detail about this time on um, on my YouTube channel, it's I don't know what it's called, Austria, I think. But um, okay, so anyway, the horse, and I was so sad because it died, and it was my fault that it died, and I loved my horse so much, and then I died shortly thereafter. But in nowadays, I don't care for horses. I don't want to be around horses. I love them so much, and I love like petting their nose, but and looking in their beautiful eyes. But I have no desire to ride a horse, own a horse, or spend any kind of amounts of time with a horse. So, um, so it's funny how things from your timeline totally affects now, but you know, either attracts or repels you, right? <laughs> so, um, okay, I think I've said enough. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still with me, <laughs> Let me just really say thank you because I kind of went off and went a little bit more longer than I wanted to, um, but I am just starting out 
and I hope you join me for more. And I have a lot of exciting things that I want to share. And so um, please feel free, comments, questions, mindtimetravels.com. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you love or even like this episode, reach out to Tara on social. Why you liked it? What has it done for you? And what you'd like to hear in the future? To get more information and a free travel brochure, go to www.mindtimetravels.com or click the link right now.